0: I'm so glad to have you worshiping with us today. Last week, we uh, talked about fear, and that fear is kind of a two-edged sword. The negative uh, element can kind of paralyze you, rob you of joy and peace in your life. And it'll keep you from being who God called you to be, created you to be. But on the positive front, I believe fear can challenge you motivate you, redefine you, and move you forward in your life. The fact is, God knew that we would deal with fear, that we would struggle with the negative aspect of fear. Scripture says, 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The spirit of God does not produce negative fear. It's it's not God's design. You know, the Spirit of God produces love and power, sound mind. Today what I want to talk about is the fear of losing control. And so before we jump in, I want you to do a little assessing, see which one of these sounds the most like you. How many of you recognize this? Yeah, it's a game controller. Some of you are gamers. Fact is, you approach life like you're playing a video game. You get a control in your hand, and you start pressing the the pads, the toggles. No, let's go this way. No, we're going to do this. And you're in charge. You know, you, you hit the A button, and you awake. Same time every day. It's time to get up. It's time to go to bed. You hit the X button. You know, an exercise. You figure out that... You need about 30 minutes, but the fact is you are so organized, you go 45. Every night, you hit the Y button. You give your undivided attention to each of your kids. You figure the average parent spends about seven and a half minutes talking to their children. But you're so organized, you spend 15 minutes. Tommy, you can finish that later. Right now, it's your time. You've got my attention. Hey, how are your e-lessons going? Oh, well, that's great. What's that? Uh, sorry, I, I can't answer that question right now. Your 15 minutes is up. I'll see you tomorrow. And What happens is you have this mentality. If everyone would use the game controller, if everybody would be regimented and scheduled, that, that life can be controlled. This type of mentality... Well, I'll I'll tell you, it leads to some bizarre behavior. The fact is, you start trying to control everything, everyone. Some of you can identify with this style. Why? Because you're a gamer. How about this? Recognize this? I loved Hot Wheels when I was a kid. Some of you are Hot Wheels. This is a person that flies around the track of life, so to speak, kind of at NASCAR speed. When, when you fall behind, you, you compensate by cutting corners, you know, by cutting back and forth, trying to keep everything going and moving. In the reality, you breathe a sigh of relief when you're in the pit. You get back out on that track, you start drafting looking for somebody to give you a hand, help you. And you're always working angles. Why? Because you're trying to stay ahead in the race, trying to take control. You know, you've got the RPMs, the redlining, the speed and the motion. And it makes you look like you're in control. But you can only stay on the track so long. The fact is, the pace will take its toll. And you really end up destined to either run out of fuel, break down, maybe hit the wall. Or you may just simply drift off the track and spend a long, long time in the pit. Here's another one. Some of you are what I would call teeter-totter people. Some of you have a style that, you know, you're up... And then you're down, and life's full of highs and full of lows, and and you know it. And some of you get stuck way down, you know, stuck at the bottom, and you think, well, what's the use? In fact, if you're honest with yourself, there are areas of your life where you're completely undisciplined, and what happens is you, you get frustrated, and then when you can't stand it anymore. You read a book or a blog or maybe you watch a video. You look for some spiritual fix, something that will fire you up. Then you're like, I'm going to take control. And so for a couple of weeks, you're up. Things are on top. You feel in control for a little while. Then things begin to pile up, start to weigh you down. And little by little, in short order, you're back on the bottom and you think, what's the use?" Here's the problem with being out of control, thinking you're in control, or pretending that you can control everything. You're always one step away. You're always one step from losing it, one step from getting it. And I want to suggest there's a better way to live. But ultimately, you've got to overcome the, the fear of losing control. You're not going to find the answer by being more disciplined or by running harder or faster. You're not going to find the answer, you know, in some self-help philosophy. No, Don't misunderstand me. Those things are fine. But you only find the answer by surrendering yourself and acknowledging and saying, I can't control everything, but I can give it to someone who can. God, I'm going to give it to you. Let me give you just a little crash course on God's sovereignty, because what I want to do, I want to show you how big God is and how qualified God is to to run your life. The definition of sovereignty is to have supreme, independent authority over something. What's God got authority over? Well, Scripture tells us he has authority over the nations, over people, over circumstances. God has authority over everything, heaven and earth. And I know some of you go, well, I'm by that. I believe God created the world, keeps it in motion. I believe God's in charge of things. But here's the pivotal question. If God's in control, how in control is he? In other words, did God create things and then wind them up and now God's kind of sitting back in his recliner watching a bad reality show that you and I are starring in? Or is the case that God doesn't sweat the details, you know, just attends to the big things? Once in a while, God reaches down and makes a small adjustment or performs a miracle or, you know, kind of keep things in balance or in check. Or is God absolutely, completely in control. You now Colossians one sixteen seventeen says, For by him, it's speaking about Jesus here, for by Jesus all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. When you get a sense of how active God is, not just in the big things, but in the little details, it's mind blowing. See, it's, it's comforting when you realize that the God who created and sustains the universe, the God who holds the stars and the moon and the planets in place, God's passionately interested in every detail of your life and mine. It's an amazing thing. Jesus was teaching one day stories found in Matthew 10, verse 29, I'll pick up at. And he says this, he says, what is the, the price of two sparrows? One copper coin? But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. The very hair on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid, you're more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Jesus was making a point that God even notices the little details of a common bird, how it lives, how it dies. Jesus was making a point that that God is intricately aware of every detail in your life and mine. Not only does God know the number of hairs on your head, God knows if you're pulling your hair out and why you're pulling your hair out. God, God knows every detail of your life. Friends, if you can grasp that, it will change how you live. It, it will free you from, from struggling to try and control everything. And if you're like me, and I bet you are, you realize you can't control everything. In fact, you realize you're not qualified to control everything. But God's able, not just sometimes, not just from time to time, but all the time, every moment, every day, every situation, God's able, God is in control. So at some point, You have to acknowledge, you have to accept the fact that God has a sovereign claim on your life. So how do you respond to God's sovereignty? See, you can either rebel against God's control or you can choose to cooperate with God. See, when you realize God's sovereignty, you can face your life with certainty. The sovereignty of God I think is really hard to get your mind around. The the fact is that God's in control of everything. And God knows everything, everything that has happened, everything that will happen. And and here's what's difficult to process, God knows all that. And yet God gives all of us free will to, to make choices, to make decisions. But the defining question, will you yield to God's control? The Apostle Paul, he writes in Ephesians 1, 9, and 10, he says, he thought of everything, provided for everything that we could possibly need. Letting us in on the plan he took such delight in making, he set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summoned up to in him, everything in the deepest heavens, everything on the planet Earth. Most people think life is really uncertain. That's true in part. We don't know all the certainties. But God does. And here's the thing. God lets us in on a lot of them. For instance, we, we know life's about loving God. We know life's about loving our neighbors as ourselves. I hope you've been reaching out to your neighbors, calling, you know, making contact, checking in on them. But we know it's about loving God, loving neighbors. We know life's about glorifying God with our lives, what we say, what we do. We know life's about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with people that are far from him. We know that we're to use our giftedness to, to serve others, to make a difference in the kingdom of God. We know God's trying to conform us into the image of Jesus. And we know that God builds our character through life experiences. We, we know our faith is built through difficulties and challenges and trials. And we know that even when things feel like they're out of control, God's in control. God's working. In the midst of this pause in life, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the struggle, we, we've been given an opportunity to reevaluate, reprioritize, recalibrate, reschedule. See, God works all things together for good. God is working for good, even in this season right now. God doesn't cause these things, but God will work these things together and bring something good out of them. We know how everything's going to end. We, we know Jesus Christ is going to come back someday in the future. And we know as followers of, of Christ that we're going to spend eternity with God. We don't know everything, but we know a lot. So how do you cooperate with God? Well, you pray and you obey. And when when you pray... Ask God to align your will with his will. And then take action and obey. Align your actions with God's will. When you pray and obey, the the fear of losing control will dissipate and disappear. Proverbs 3.16 writes, In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. See, something I've learned in life, it's very difficult to try and function with two different agendas in your life. In fact, it creates a lot of stress. It's a decision. You know, my agenda or God's agenda? My will or God's will? Friends, you want peace in your life? Seek God. Align your will with his will and his agenda. Cooperate with God. Something else that you can do is you can contemplate. You know, the sovereignty uh, of God will allow you to relax and see the big picture. See, it's been my observation. When difficulties strike, things feel out of control. There's usually two responses that follow. Anger and then action. When when something bad happens, initially, you think, well, why is this happening to me? And then it's usually followed by a lot of venting. And then you hit a point where you try and take action. Do whatever you can to jettison the problem, uh, You know, to oblivate it. A better response is to rest, pause, and then reflect. There's a story in the Old Testament about King David. It's found in 2 Samuel 16. This is a point in David's life there's a lot of turmoil going on. David's son, Absalom... He's the prince of Israel. He's leading a coup. He's trying to take the throne from his father, David. David was traveling, and he's got an entourage with him. When a punk by the name of Shemihi comes running out, he starts throwing rocks at David. He's cursing and yelling insults at David. If you read the account, basically he's, his insults are, "You've got blood on your hands, David. You're getting what you deserve. You you caused so much grief. For that, God's going to take your kingdom from you." David, one of his top lieutenants, kind of goes full tilt here. His his reactions recorded in Scripture, Second Samuel sixteen nine. It says. Why should this dead dog curse the Lord, my king? See, you hear the anger there? He says, let me go over and cut off his head. See, he moves right to action then. If you read on, David has an interesting response. He's like, don't be so angry. Take a chill pill, let it go. Let's reflect, let's think about this. How do we know that God didn't send him to tell me something I needed to hear? See, David is able to look at a situation and think about the fact that God might be trying to say something to him. And God was speaking to David. David had become a man with a lot of blood on his hands. If you know the whole story, you know there were consequences for David. That's why David wasn't allowed to, to build the, the temple. His son Solomon would be the one that would build it. But it, don't miss the point here. When things seem to be out of control, take a beat, contemplate, you know, consider what God might be trying to say to you what God might want to do through you and in you. And I'll say it again, we're all facing difficulties and challenges. But we have an opportunity to contemplate, and think about what God's saying. In In the midst of the chaos, the disruption, I guarantee you God is speaking question is, are you you listening? There's one more thing that's important, and that is that we celebrate God's sovereignty. Christ followers, you've been through good times and bad times. And as you think about different situations, how many of you can look back and see God's hand? I mean, how many of you realize that you went through something, and because of that, you've grown? See, in that situation you faced that you had to deal with, there were some things you learned. There were some things that that built your character, that made you realize God's greatness. I bet there were things that, that caused you to trust God more. Friends, When I look at my life, I have had a lot of trips and stumbles and falls. I've faced times of pain, struggles, I've dealt with brokenness and disappointments, just like all of you. Things haven't always turned out the way I planned. But I am right where God wants me, in his sovereignty, in in his control, and I celebrate that. Celebrate God's sovereignty. God has led you safely to this point in your life. God, God is conforming you to the image of Jesus Christ. Celebrate God's sovereignty every time you're in chaos in times like this you know celebrate God's sovereignty. God is in control and God will see you through. My my best advice put your life in God's hands. Cooperate with God. Contemplate who he is and celebrate what God's doing. Romans 8:28. These these are beautiful words promised from from the apostle Paul. And he says this. He says we know all things, all things, all things, everything, all, all things work together for good. For those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Are you afraid of what's going on? Are you afraid of losing control Let me tell you, I'm afraid of being in control. See, I can't work all things in my life together for good, but God can. Christ followers. Faith is not a philosophical exercise. It's a relationship with God. It's giving the reins to God. It's trusting God. It is placing your life totally and completely in his hands. A a God who passionately loves you. A God who cares about every single thing minute detail in your life. A God who wants the very, very best for you in the chaos, in the disruption, in the brokenness, our God's in control. And you can take that to the bank today. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you for who you are. And God, I pray that um, today we'd just be willing to surrender to give you the control. God, I know you've given us minds and hearts and that we're to strive to the best of our ability God, there's not one person listening right now that has the skill set to control life. But God, we know you can. And we place our lives in your hands. God, may we honor you every day, every moment, every situation. May we honor you with what we think what we say, what we do. God, I pray that you would bless every person this morning, that they would know your love and your care. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. Thank you for being the great big God you are. It's in your son's Precious and holy name. And we pray all these things. God's people said, Amen. I'll see you next week. God bless you.